வெல்கம் டு கிரியேட்டிங் வெல் த்ரூ பேசிவ் அப்பார்ட்மெண்ட் இன்வெஸ்டிங் பாட்காஸ்ட் இன் திஸ் ஷோ வி வில் டிஸ்கஸ் அபவுட் பெஸ்ட் அண்ட் வர்ஸ்ட் எக்ஸ்பீரியன்சஸ் அபவுட் பேசிவ் அண்ட் ஆக்டிவ் அப்பார்ட்மெண்ட் இன்வெஸ்டிங் அண்ட் ஐ எம் யுவர் ஹோஸ்ட் ராமகிருஷ்ணா லெஸ் பிகின் த ஷோ டுடேஸ் அவர் கெஸ்ட் இஸ் பேட்ரிக் மெனப்பி ஃப்ரம் டிஜேபி ப்ராப்பர்டிஸ் வெல்கம் பேட்ரிக் Thank you, Rama. Appreciate you having me on. Sure. Yep. A little bit about Patrick. Patrick's real estate portfolio began with small multifamily properties, quickly scaling to eight properties and 20 units within 10 months of getting started. He did this while working full-time in the banking industry as a consultant with one of the big four, spending every week traveling and living out of a hotel. A year later, he shifted his primary focus to house flipping, and on October 30, 2020 he quit his full-time job to go into business full-time he now run and scaling a house flipping business in Charlotte North Carolina MSA so with that patrick you want to add anything to your background i, I appreciate that and it covers a lot of it i think the they tie very closely together i realized my first the beginning of my portfolio and i know we'll probably dive into a couple of the deals on both sides of it but the beginning of my portfolio all started through investments i i got to when you talk large multifamily 20 units isn't a big deal but when it's over 10 properties or eight properties whatever it was at that time that was primarily through partnerships and the partnerships was what enabled me to get there but it's also what encouraged me to get into flipping in order to build the capital so that i didn't need to rely on partners so you know when i shifted my primary focus into flips last year and that's what the my primary focus of my business is right now they're they very much complement each other and and so they both i i couldn't do one without the other and i wouldn't do one without the other right now really so they work very well together so would you share your thought process of getting from like full time banking consultant to a multi family or real estate space yeah i it was a a transformation over time i I left the army before I got into the banking industry and into consulting and I knew that my long-term goal I didn't quite know how long I was looking at a probably a 10 year time horizon at the time but my long-term goal was to get into business for myself to to create my own business but I didn't have a direct view of what that was going to be or a direct plan that started to as I started working on myself more that started to reveal, reveal itself as real estate being the best bet And so in actually 2 months ago, or 2 years ago on Monday was when I closed on my first deal out in Gastonia North Carolina a, a quadruplex and there was something a conversation that I had after all of the books that I'd read all the podcasts that I listened to all the planning that I'd done that really really kind of sparked it um and that was what got me to take action got quickly under contract on that 4 unit and then a couple of weeks later got under contract on another 6 units and it was just the the devotion and dedication and so there's when you're living the you know when you're living living the traveling consulting life spend a lot of time in hotels a lot of time in airports a lot of time on airplanes and you've you've got three options really option number 1 is you're you're working for your job that whole time which some people do some people don't you've got the option of just enjoying yourself relaxing watching movies anything like that and then you've got the third option which is building something for yourself and that's that's kind of the route that i chose then was i i spent flights every maybe once a month once every two months i'd allow myself to watch a movie or something for the most part i was working on my business i was reading i was i was doing something to move my business forward and that's what allowed me to do that while also putting a bunch of hours into work um, and also into travel got it and thank you so would you share your investment philosophy 
Patrick? Ultimately, the the philosophy, as I was talking about before with the relationship between flipping and, and rentals, rentals are ultimately the long-term wealth generator. Everybody, when they look into real estate and when they, when they think about real estate, typically when they think about rentals, they're talking about long-term wealth. And and that's what they see in, when you talk about passive income. That's what I saw initially too. And that's why I started getting into it. And that's why I started partnering with people to get as many doors as possible. But it was at that point that I realized that I only had so much money. I, I was investing with other people because they could provide the money that I didn't have. And so when I added in the flipping, the flipping creates the capital to then create the long-term wealth through the rentals. But then at the same time, if I can create a business around flipping to make that effectively a passive income stream as well, somewhere down the line. I now have two different sources of income if you treat them like a business where my flips can create a business that sustains itself, that pays me a good salary, but also that provides me the opportunity to invest into rentals. And so both of them grow together. There's a lot of obviously financial benefits to that from both sides of them growing, but there's also tax advantages to combining both of them. And I'm not a CPA, I'm not a, I'm not an accountant, anything like that. So disclaimer there, but there are enormous tax advantages to utilizing both of those avenues together. And so my philosophy now has been build the active income through flips, build the business that I can I can create effectively a franchise model in the future where I can take it into multiple markets, utilize the income from that flip business in order to feed my rental portfolio and then watch both of them rise together. So that's, that's ultimately, if I were to boil it down, that's, that's what I'm working towards and, and my investing philosophy right now. Yeah, absolutely. Got it. And would you share any of your breakthrough moments in real estate space, Patrick? Yeah, there's been, I feel like every, every few months I have another kind of epiphany moments. So early on, there was just the, the breakthrough of starting I think that was the very first one where I had a conversation talking to a couple of people that it was nothing groundbreaking, but for me it was. And I just looked at them and I thought they're taking action. Why aren't I? And that was when I got 10 units under contract within the next month. That was that was the first breakthrough. The second breakthrough was once I got those and I saw that there was a, an opportunity to continue going down that route, that was when it quickly doubled and I then had 20 units instead of 10. And then the third breakthrough from there was looking at my my portfolio and being able to jump into flips, realizing that I didn't need to just only do rentals. I could also do flips in order to balance that, just like I was just talking about with my philosophy. And then really the the two, you probably didn't mean to get five out of me when you asked that question, but the, the other two that have been the most recent are one with quitting my job. It was a breakthrough that I always thought. And when I set a 10 year goal for myself, i my assumption was that I was going to create enough passive income through cash flow in order to replace my income. That absolutely didn't happen and it didn't need to happen. And for a lot of people, for any of your audience that is working towards that goal right now, it's a great goal and it's a noble goal and it's something that you want long-term, but that doesn't need to be this, the jumping off point. And so that was a big breakthrough for me was realizing that if I have, even if I just have a baseline of a few rentals that are providing income, I think when I quit my job, I was getting about $2,000 a month in cash flow. If I can flip one house a year, two houses a year, that can make up for the rest in at, just at a bare minimum and then be able to grow from there. So that was that was a huge breakthrough for me that allowed me to quit my job. And then the final one, not final, but the most recent one has been, you need to truly, I need to act like a CEO. I need to think like a CEO. I need to put systems and, and people in place just like a CEO would do in my business. So I, sorry for going over on that, but 
those were kind of the the different breakthroughs that I've had at each stage of my business. Yeah, got it. Uh, so let's take like, that last point, you're building systems and processes. So how you're using that systems and processes uh, into your like flipping business? So would you share a little bit about your acquisition process, business plan, exit criteria stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So on the acquisition side, I, I'm building out and I have been building out throughout the year, an acquisition team. And that's one of the things that I'm hiring for right now is to get someone in on the sales side to, to help out with that. But I've got a virtual assistant um, and I'm running a text messaging and cold calling campaigns, and that's generating leads on the front end. So I, I've put systems in place in order to hand off to my VA. This is exactly what you need to do. This is what, where you plug the leads into. So if I spend, you know, I can spend a week away, not doing anything, not even talking to my VA. And I know that every single day she's going to be working through the leads that she knows to work through. She's going to be following the the guidelines that I gave her in my procedure document. She's going to be putting the actual true leads in my CRM exactly where I know to find them. And she's going to be including all the relevant information. And she's also going to be creating the, the follow-up opportunities for the next calls and the next follow-up conversations in the future so that all of that takes place, whether I'm doing it or not. So that's on the acquisition side. I also, I still, because I'm still building that out, I also still get deals from wholesalers. And so I, I am working on, still need to work on some of the systems around that um, input side. And then on the, on the back side, I've got a project manager now that's helping me manage my flips. I've got standardized templates for how we're doing things, how we're plugging in expenses, how we're plugging in rehab estimates, how we're documenting everything. It's, it's still being refined, but having that plug and play that people know how to utilize is huge in order to minimize my workload. So, and I'm continuing to look at everything, you know, any person that I add to my business, any activity or step that I add to my business, I do it with the mindset of how do I make sure that the next person that replaces me in this task can do this without me having to sit there for three weeks and explain every single detail of it. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and would you share like, so what is your success rate with, you know, cold calling and text me, texting for, you know, acquisition? The, so this, to be completely honest with you, it is low. It is, it's the bottleneck on this is me right now, which is why I'm looking to hire someone. Um, I am, my goal is to do one to two flips a month, every single month. And Right now, because I'm doing everything in my business, I right now the problem is me. So my VA is producing a significant number of leads. I, I need to go back and look at the actual data to see what the the ratio is. But she's producing a good number of leads. But right now, I am not personally following up with those because I'm busy with the other parts of my business. So the number is way lower than it should be. When I start getting people in place, hopefully I can have this conversation with you again in you know, six months and I can give you a much better number. But right now I've only closed two deals from my marketing as a result of me being the bottleneck and me not following up with all of these leads. But I have, I mean, I have hundreds of leads. Um, well, probably, probably about a hundred leads that my VA has produced that I just, I haven't capitalized on yet. Got it. And so so would you share like the business plan for even a flipping business? What is the duration? So what kind of renovations so you're planning to implement? And you know, so what is your exit criteria? Yeah, I so I primarily look for around a four to eight week 
process for the renovation. At this point, now that I've done a number of them and I'm getting more comfortable, I'm okay with getting into slightly larger things. The things that I haven't touched or dealt with yet are additions or adding, you know, blowing out a roof and adding a second level or anything like that. But anything interior, anything, you know, things that people otherwise stay away from, like crawl space foundation issues, uh, stuff like that. Those things, I've got good people on my team that can handle those. So I typically look for a rehab that's around the $50,000 mark. Some are a little bit more, some are a little bit less. And then if, if they're less, I'll, I'll gladly take anything that's less. If it's more than probably 65, I, I avoid that right now for the most part. But that's, that's ultimately what I look for. I typically look for properties that are either they're already a 3-2 or they can be converted to be a 3-2. The property that I'm flipping right now, one of the properties that I'm flipping right now, it had three beds, but it only had one bath and the layout of it was weird where one of the bedrooms didn't technically count. So we moved some walls around, added a bathroom, and now we've got a master suite. So now it's going to be an official three bed, two bath. So I look for value add opportunities like that. We're also taking a laundry room that was an unfinished square footage and we're adding that to the HLA of the home. So I look for value add opportunities in that regard as well to where we can do updates. We can, we can provide cosmetic updates. We can provide good foundational and good core updates, but then also ways that we can increase the value of the home by increasing the utility of the home. And then the other thing that I've started doing is looking at flips where I can, essentially I call them investor flips to where I'm, my end buyer is a investor. So more than likely a rental investor, sometimes a flipper, but someone that can come in. All One of the deals that I'm working on right now is I'm getting all the bones of the property to be solid. I, I did $8,000 worth of foundation work, did electrical work, did plumbing work, did some siding work, doing some HVAC work. But where I haven't gone is I haven't done the inside. I haven't done painting. I haven't done flooring. So I'll leave that for someone else to come in and do. I'm still going to make as much as I would, about as much as I would if I went the full nine yards, but it saves me from going that extra step and leave some skin or some meat on the bone for someone else. So those are kind of the two areas. I those I do if there's an opportunity for them, um, if it makes the most sense. But typically what I prefer to do is creating a true home for someone. Got it. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So would you share any of your best real estate investing experience so far? Yeah, I've had I've had a lot of really good ones. One of the best in terms of a deal, one of the best ones that I had was actually the second deal that I ever bought. It was three duplexes that were all parceled together on one lot. I bought it with a partner. He brought 90% of the capital to the deal. I did all the work on it. We ended up splitting the deal about close to 50-50. I got a little bit more than 50-50. And we didn't do a lot to it. It was a solid rental. There were six units that were all renting out. They were all studio units, pretty small. But there were three duplexes that could be subdivided. So I subdivided them, put all three on their own individual parcels, and renovated one unit partially, very, very minimally, put about $7,500 into all of that between the subdivision and the the slight renovation. As a result, I refinanced it. It was the classic, almost the classic idea of the Burr model for anybody who's familiar with that. And what I ended up doing instead of when I refinanced it, instead of taking cash out, we just took a line of credit on the equity. So I bought it for $155,000, put about $7,500 into it. When we refinanced it, it appraised at $255,000, $100,000 more than what I paid for it just because primarily because we subdivided it and, and as individual residential properties that 
increased the value significantly. So that line of credit, we ended up getting a $75,000 line of credit that I utilized with my partner to flip a couple of properties. And so, and now we're putting that on the market. We're going to sell it 1031 into an apartment building. Haven't identified that yet. We just put it on the market. It's not under contract at this point, but that is going to now create not only the cash flow that is generated for two years, that's been substantial, not only the flips, the two flips where it provided the capital and also got the ball rolling on the flips, but also now it's going to roll into a newer asset that's even bigger, that's going to produce even more cash flow and produce even more opportunity. So out of all the deals that I've done, that is that's probably the best one so far and one of the best experiences. Great. Awesome. So would you also share any of your challenging real estate experience so far? <laughs> there, If I've had a lot of good experiences, I've had even more rough experiences. The very first flip that I did is probably the worst deal that I've ever done and the worst uh, really the biggest problems that I've had. And it was all due to a lack of diligence. My very first flip, I had worked with a contractor that I had previously handled or done other deals with, smaller projects. I didn't set the right standards. I didn't put the right systems in place on the flips. I didn't, I didn't check his work uh, upfront, the work that he had done on other flips. I trusted him to just kind of take over everything. I didn't put contracts in place properly. I didn't put guidelines for um, how to pay him in place properly. So he was paying his guys based on an hourly rate. I was paying him at the end of every week based on what he owed his guys, but I wasn't holding them to any particular standards of the work that needed to be done before they got paid. So the money ran out, the work wasn't done. He left the job. I, because I didn't have the contracts in place, I didn't have any recourse. Additionally, we ran into problems with, there were massive termite problems. I didn't get an inspection to check for termites. That was a big mistake. There were We had to rewire the entire house. I didn't get an inspection to look for that. That was another big mistake. It ended up, what I thought was going to be a $40,000 rehab ended up costing $90,000 and taking about seven months longer than I expected it would. So somehow, thank God for the market that increased the way that it did. I somehow came out without going negative and without losing money on the deal. But that was only because I had a private money lender that extended. I had a bunch of people that were willing to work with me a little bit. And the market drastically improved between December of 2020 and May of 2021 when it sold. So I learned an enormous number of lessons there that really, really, I feel blessed to have gotten through that deal the way that I did. But it taught me, essentially, it shaped how I run my flips now and what I put in place for my flips now. Got it. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So what, what is your current focus? Share something you're excited about now. One of the things I'm most excited about now is hiring. I'm looking for, as I mentioned earlier, I'm looking for a, a salesperson. Basically, like I mentioned, I've got all the leads coming in from my virtual assistant, but I need someone to effectively close them, uh, follow up with someone with a seller, go out to the appointment, negotiate with them, all of that kind of stuff. And so I'm looking to hire right now, which is really truly my first full-on hire that's going to be a true employee and getting very excited about that and going through the the process of hiring, the process of training, the process of bringing someone onto the team that will see the vision that I see, and then being able to put them in place and see both that person and the rest of the business grow as a result. So very, very, very excited about that. Got it. Cool. And any one advice that impacted you and what way? One piece that has resonated a lot in the past year is just to be present. There's a, I think, as entrepreneurs, as investors, and even just as people in general, we have a tendency to look to the future. A lot of us do. And 
be super excited about the future, but kind of forsake what's going on right now. So I just, I have a daughter, my first child that was born three months ago. And it's a, it was a constant reminder when my, um, when my fiance was pregnant that I needed to be present every single day and enjoy the moments because each one of these moments, whether it was before kids, whether it's now that my child is born, whether it's in business in general, don't need to just look for what comes next, but enjoy right now because it's the, the destination is where we're all trying to get to. And that's, it's important. It's very, very important, but you need to be able to appreciate where you're at right now as well, every single day. Cool. So any books that impacted your life and what way? I read a lot. So there's a lot of books I could probably talk about this for way too long. So I'll, I'll boil it down to two books. One is it's called the slide edge. It's, it was one of the very first books that I read that got my mindset shift going before I started investing. And it's the idea that it's very similar to the compound. Have you heard of the compound effect by Darren, Darren Hardy? Yes. Yes. It's very similar to the compound effect to where it's, it's about the little things that you do every day that continue to grow, continue to compound. So you're not successful because you made one good investment or didn't you're successful because of the little things that you did every single day that started things off for me. And and that was huge. He talks about reading a lot where if you read 10 pages a day, what does that equal compared to, you know, you read one book, that's great. But if you read 10 pages every single day, that's a dozen books a year or something like that. And that's a crazy amount of knowledge that you gain. So that, that was a big one. And then lately, as I've been scaling my business, uh, traction has been huge for putting systems in place for for learning how to build the business. So traction has been a really big one lately. Yes, awesome book. Yeah, I, I just started. Yeah, it is. It's one of the. I I've realized this, maybe you've been the same way, but I've realized lately where I'm at in my business changes what books are relevant. So I read traction half attraction about two years ago and it was fine. I didn't really, I stopped it because it wasn't really doing much for me. But now that I'm in that stage of growth in my business, I read it again and I couldn't put it down. So it's, it's phenomenal. Got it. Yep. Yep. So how are you giving back to community? I I hate to struggle with this question because it's so important to me, but I'm going to be totally transparent with you and I'm not doing it as much as I would like to. I've part of the idea of being present has been tying back to this as well. I mean, lately I've been, my focus with the business has been on making sure that no matter what, it's more important to have a good product than to have a better profit margin. That's that's one way and through providing quality housing. But more importantly than that, I've got very big goals for what I want to give and how I want to give back. But I've realized more and more lately that I've I've always kind of had that be a big thing for the future once i once I got to where I wanted to go, as opposed to an ongoing part of the journey. So that is right now, I started looking more and more at places around the Charlotte area where I can start getting involved more and I can start doing that right now. So that is actually one of the shifts that I'm that I'm trying to do is to be more involved aside from what I'm trying to do with giving back. I mean, I do a lot of, I have an Instagram page and I try to try to teach a lot of people what I know and try to share my lessons that way. So I guess that's, if you're, if you Paint it from that regard. That's how I do give back right now. But at the scale that I would like to, I'm not doing a good enough job. And that's where I'm looking to change that by working with more organizations locally that that fulfill the causes that I'm passionate about. Got it. So how can listeners can connect with you, Patrick? I have. So I just mentioned my Instagram page. Uh, it's at investdgp. I have a website, www.investdgp.com. I have a YouTube channel, TikTok, I'm not as active on those, but there's some stuff on there that I'm trying to get built back up. So 
all of those investdgp. And then you can email me, patrick at investdgp.com. Awesome. And thank you, Patrick. Uh, thanks for sharing your experiences and thanks for adding value to the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Rama. I appreciate it. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.